Let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Proverbs, chapter 23. And I'd like to begin reading with verse 9, if you will. And we'll read through uh, the rest of the chapter. Proverbs 23 and verse 9. And the 19th verse will be our uh, text. So let's begin reading with verse 9. It says, Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. Remove not the old landmark, the boundaries, and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. For their Redeemer is mighty, he shall plead their cause with thee. Apply thine heart unto instruction, and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Withhold not correction from the child, for if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod, and shalt deliver his soul from hell. My son, if thine heart be wise, my heart shall rejoice, even mine. Yea, my reign shall rejoice when thy lips speak right, right things. Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. This is what we'll use for a text in a little bit. Hear, be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. There are three important precepts in that verse. Then verse 20, Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. Hearken unto thy father that begat thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Buy the truth, and sell it not. Also wisdom, and instruction, and understanding. The father of the righteous shall... Greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bare thee shall rejoice. My son, give me thine heart, and let not thine eyes observe my ways. For a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lieth in wait as for a prey, and increaseth the transgressors among men. Verse 29 on down shows us who is victimized by drugs. It says, Who hath woe? Who hath sorrow? Who hath contentions? Who hath babbling? Who hath wounds without cause? Who hath redness of eyes? They that tear long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea, or as he that lieth upon the top of a mast. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, and I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. Talking about a habitual uh, addict here to drugs. The drug, worst drug is alcohol, or one of, one of the most prominent. I don't say the worst, but we recognize it as one. I want you to look at verse 19 again. It says, Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Here's three very important precepts. These words are very direct, and they're very personal. Solomon says, Hear thou, my son. And I hope that we will all hear tonight. And believe what we hear and be fed by what we hear. And be blessed and reassured by hearing again these divine precepts. Solomon, in this verse, gave us these three precepts. And we do not know all of the limited personal meaning he may have had with the words. 
But let's look at them as they would apply to us and apply to the gospel of Christ and apply to our relationship to the Lord. We know that we must hear the gospel in order to believe it, in order to be saved, because the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we're saved by grace through faith, we, we must hear in order to believe. And it says, how shall they hear unless they hear a preacher? And the Bible tells us we will not only hear in order that we have faith and believe the gospel, but that the word is able to make one wise unto salvation. This is Second Timothy 3, verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So hearing and faith and then making wise unto salvation are all intertwined. And that the way of salvation is a hard matter because the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, that thou, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And we know that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now then, we want to deal with all three of these. Hear, be wise, and guide thine heart in the way in our lesson tonight. First of all, let's notice this word here. And we call upon you now to hear. All of us need to hear. God many times in his holy scriptures calls upon the people to hear of it Oh, He said, hear, O Israel, in one place. He said in another place, incline your ear and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. Another scripture. Then he said, hearken diligently unto me. So God calls upon us at all times to hear. And to give heed. It's very important that you hear the gospel. And there's only one to hear. There's only one way of salvation. There's not two. Hear so that you may understand what it is. Take heed what you hear and how you hear it. How do you know when you hear the gospel? How do you know when you're hearing the truth? The name of Jesus, our Savior, is mentioned. And the words like grace and faith and salvation and the blood... You go and hear a sermon, there's never any mention of blood, never any mention of the of salvation, never any mention of grace or faith. You're not hearing much that pertains to the gospel. So it's very important that you hear what you need to hear. And make, you, make sure that when you hear, you hear it with the uh, object of obtaining faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear what it is that you're to believe, the plan of salvation, how it's preached. And you need to hear it consistently. The Bible says that there is a power in the Word of God. There is power in the Gospel. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. You live in a day and age when it seems like, on your television screen, that the Gospel has to be propped up with celebrity, with all kinds of special groups of singing. I love good singing. Don't misunderstand me. But it seems like it has to be propped up with all the kinds of things that prop up before the message comes along. I heard Billy Graham the other night, but I waited till he got on before I listened because there was so much going on on that stage that you wouldn't believe. All kinds of... It seemed like it, the music was just more like you were in a, a, a dance hall somewhere. And everything was going on but what should have been going on. But anyway, the message is of salvation, and we appreciate that, and the faithfulness of a man that will preach the Word. But on the other hand, there's a lot of things that are going on today to either try to prop it up beforehand, 
lady called me the other day and says, what, uh, she was up here visiting from Texas, and says, what kind of music you have in the church? She says, do you have a, a traditional, contemporary, or, or some more, two or three kinds? And I said, well, we have a hymn book. I said, we got a good song leader and a pianist, and we open up the song book, and we all sing out of the hymn book. So, uh, anyway, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And we're to hear the Word of God, and the Bible says, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. It needs no props. We like introductions, we like good singing, and, and sometimes... Appreciate Brother Mel singing that special this morning, the old rugged cross. That sets the mood for a, for a feeling and uh, concentration upon a message that's about Christ's death. He laid down His life on the cross for our salvation, voluntarily, willingly, lovingly, and things like that. But on the other hand, we don't uh, want a lot of stuff that uh, doesn't pertain to the gospel. So here, make sure that you hear consistently. Don't you, give, give the Word of God a chance. You know, I've had people to come one time to church say, well, you know, I wasn't impressed. Well, we're not here to impress you in the first place, but give it a chance to have... Don't come at just one time. Come a whole bunch of times. Then you'll see if we have anything to offer. If you went to a ball game so up in Chicago and you went to the Cubs and you say, my, they struck out today. They didn't do any good. I'm never going back. You wouldn't see very many ball games, would you? Because a lot of times the players do not hit a home run every time they get up to bat. And the Word of God is preached, and there's usually something there that will help us. But on the other hand, give it a, give it a chance to have its way in our hearts and lives. The plan of salvation is to be preached. And then another scripture I want to give you this. Is Hebrews chapter 4 in verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Now listen carefully at the last statement. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So, the word preached will do no good unless it's listened to and mixed with faith. And responded to in faith. So make sure that you hear. Hear without prejudice. Some people have already made up their mind. They have a preconceived idea of the plan of salvation. They say, well, you know, it's been like this. I've always thought that if you do the best you can, you'll go to heaven. Well, God says that's not quite good enough. In fact, this morning I think I quoted Ecclesiastes 7 verse 20 where it says, There's not a just man upon earth that doeth good and sinneth not. So if there's not a just man, what about those that are not just? We certainly know that they don't do good and do not sin. So here, without any preconceived idea of the plan of salvation, you've heard people say, I pay my honest debts, and uh, I, uh, I'm not against anybody being a, a good, good person, and I'm trying to do right, and I'd like to be a good person, and all the human efforts and works. But the Bible says salvation is not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible says, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The ways of death. And it repeats that twice over in Proverbs, by the way, here. It says, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. A way and ways. Notice how that a way can be many ways that men have. Without prejudice. You must hear without trying to find fault with everything the preacher says and the doctrines of grace, because it doesn't mean that you shouldn't hear and test them out and know what it says, because 
the Berean Christians, Paul says, <coughs> were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they searched the Scriptures daily to even see if those things that Paul spake and preached were true. They checked Paul out, didn't they? And if a preacher is not willing for his words and his message to be checked out, you better be a little bit leery of it. It should have scriptural foundation and basis. And if it doesn't have, it's just his thought against yours. But if it's the Word of God, we take that as the final rule of faith and practice. So here, without trying to find fault, but you need to prove all things. Prove what you hear. And when you hear a statement from the pulpit, say, is that true? And open up your Bible and check it out. And if a preacher's telling the truth, he doesn't mind you doing that. But if he's not, well, I mean, you know, if he's just telling things that are not scriptural, well, then, of course, uh, he will be found out instead of when you check him out. And hear for yourself personally. Don't say that message is for the guy right behind me. You know, there's one lady went out of church one day and she says, Preacher, that was sure a good sermon. If they'd have, if they'd have been here, you'd have sure preached to them, wouldn't you? But it wasn't her. It's someone else that wasn't there. Or maybe the one behind her. So here, and never mind how it fits or suits the next person. It's how it fits you. You know, if you were to hear after someone's passed away, and you go and hear the will read. Well, that, that pertains to Cousin Joe and Aunt Susie and this and that and the other and the distant kin, kinfolks and relatives. You're not much interested in that. It's when it comes to your name that you're concerned about. So here with a personal interest, it's when you're involved. Hear it for yourself. And here, when you go home, not just here in the church, but when you go home, let the message of God's Word Strike over and over again in your mind and in your heart. After you hear a sermon, go home and digest it. And repeat it to your, in your own inmost being. And not only use it that day, but use it in the days to come. You know, it's not just a Sunday morning hearing things, or Sunday evening, and then the rest of the week forget all about God's instructions toward us. We need to know what He wants us to do on a consistent basis. How we're to live. We just don't put on the uh, religion, if you want to call it that, or our Christian uniform on Sunday morning and then take it off when we go home Sunday evening and put on something else and forget all about our Christian life. It's not put on and off like an overcoat. It's what we are every day that matters to God. It's what we are day and night. It's what we are at home and in public. And then, above all, hear the gospel as the voice of God. The gospel is God speaking to you. You say, well, that's the preacher up there. But if he's preaching God's word, the preacher is God's servant and he's God's messenger. And if he preaches the word, you're to receive it as God's word, not because he said it, but because he read it or he preached it from God's word, from the revelation that God has given us. This is God's word to us. By the way, when you get in need to solve a problem in your life, well, you go to the Bible and you'll find out exactly what God would have you to do if you search it out. Paul speaks of the fact that they listen to his in that fashion. Let's see, in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul says this, verse 12 and 13, he says, That you would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard of us, 
You received it, not as the word of men. It wasn't as if they just received it from Paul. But as it is in truth, the word of God, which, all, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. He says, if you receive God's word as God's word. Now, I'm not talking about a bunch of foolishness that a preacher may go through. I'm talking about when he's preaching God's word, you receive the word as he is a messenger to bring you what that word says. And then, of course, you read it for yourself. You go home and study it for yourself. You digest it into your system and you profit by it. So that's what we're to do is receive it as the voice of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, Paul speaks of it this way. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or wisdom. He said, I wasn't above anyone in that realm, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness. Now look, Paul, in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, I was with you in weakness. And in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. The word enticing means persuasible. He didn't try to persuade them from a human standpoint. But he says, but in the dem- in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Why? Verse 5. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So it, it was the power of God and the Holy Spirit that brought the message home to the heart. And regardless of what we do as preachers, when we stand up and preach, if you do not receive God's Word as directed by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit must open our hearts to receive God's Word. Remember we spoke of uh, Paul preaching to Lydia and says that she was there at the prayer meeting with the women. And it says there was a woman there whose name was Lydia, whose heart the Lord opened that she attended or she listened to those things that was preached by Paul and she was converted and believed the gospel. So here, it's not the great melodious voice of the oratory, but it's what is preached that should matter to all of us. You know, there's a lot of pretty boxes sell a lot of pretty sorry candy. You can get a beautiful box and it's got all kinds of stuff on it. You open it up and say, that's not as good a candy as I thought it was going to be. So things that come in beautiful wrappings are not always what they are, appear to be, from the outside when you get to the inside of them. The next precept here, I want you to know, not only here it says, be wise. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. Now, what does it take for us to be wise? And then he says, guide thine heart in the way. It means to try to understand what you hear. It means to learn. It means to be taught. It means to search. It means to become acquainted with the gospel, the word of God. And you know, Jesus puts a great deal of stock on the understanding of what is preached. Turn to Matthew 13, if you will. Matthew 13. Let's read verse 14. It says, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. Notice that word understand. I'll give you three or four places. Shall not understand. Verse 13 says, Because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. So what about understanding? Then verse 19, what does he say? When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which is, uh, was sown in his heart. So he's talking about, if a person doesn't understand it, the devil is ready to just 
make sure that he never understands, does not understand it. You get down to verse 23, look at verse 23, it says, But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it. Receive seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. So Jesus puts a great deal of emphasis upon hearing to understand. And that will make you wise. Because you apply the Word of God, to your, you search it, you're taught by it, you learn from it, you become acquainted with it. The psalmist said, Thy Word have I what? Hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And you know, if you came to a day like some of the, in the old days, many centuries ago, when they were trying to do away with the Bible in certain areas, and you had it in your heart, that's one thing they couldn't take away from you. They might take the Word away from you, the Bible away from you, the Testament but they couldn't take the, the word that's hid in your heart away from you. So hide it in your heart. Remember what it teaches and remember what the Scriptures are and it w- wouldn't hurt to memorize some now and then. That would be good for you. So, next, be wise and believe the Gospel as it comes from God. You will not be wise to doubt it, but you'll be wise to believe it. And this is an age of doubt and unbelief. Belief in Christ, in His deity. What are we to believe? His deity, His atonement, and His death, and His resurrection. His priestly work in the heavens, on the right hand of God. And His coming again to receive us. Believe these things. Be wise and be affected by what you have heard, and yield your heart to the Word of God. Be moved by the Word of God. Let it have its place. Do not resist the truth, or evade the truth, or soften it to fit yourself. It will bring us to a place of understanding that God doesn't want us to try to He doesn't want us to try to be compromisers with Himself. In fact, God is not going to compromise with us. His Word will stand. And He's making no compromise. Remember back in the Old Testament when Pharaoh tried to compromise with Moses? And he says, well, you can go worship, but don't go very far away. Just stay close by. Egypt is a type of the world. Then he says, well, you can go, but you uh, can't take your children with you. He says, leave your little ones behind. You go and worship God and then come back. See, he's still trying to have an attachment and a hold upon them. And then he says, you can go, but he says, uh, you can't take your herds and flocks with you. And Moses says, we're going to go and we're going to take our wives and our children and, our, and all of our flocks because we don't know what God's going to require of sacrifice when we get over there. And we're not going to leave. And he says this in these words. There shall not an hoof be left behind. He says, we're going to take everything we have. So when you find that you cannot compromise with the world, and that's typical of the world, we know that we cannot compromise with the flesh or the devil either. Be wise. Be affected by it. And then be wise to take care that you do not wander into evil company. You know, the scriptures we read shows us that the one he's speaking to should not... Depart into evil company. And he te- that context that we read shows that this son was instructed to stay away from those that would influence him in the wrong way. If you turn back to Proverbs chapter 4, I believe it is, we'll get another point on that. It tells us something about it. In Proverbs 4, okay. In verse 14 it says, Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not into the way of evil men. And what does he say? Avoid it. Our young people need to be told to avoid and to resist and to not go along with everything, every temptation that comes along in their lives. I hope they're getting that kind of message in, in the, down in the 
basement there as they learn. Because if you don't avoid it, it says, pass not by it, turn, turn from it and pass away. So don't wander into evil company because you're known by the company you keep a lot of times. There's such a thing as guilt by association, but usually when you're associated, you're guilty too. Most of the time it turns out that way. Solomon in the context said, Be not among wine-bibbers, nor among riotous eaters of the flesh. Warns us about the company we keep. Keep company then with the saints of God, with children of God. Keep good company. That would be very wise, wouldn't it? And then be wise to take care that you do what you hear. You do what you hear. If you go to the doctor and he says, Well, you need this prescription. And he writes you a prescription. He says, You go to the pharmacy and you get that filled because, and take it according to the instructions. And he gives you all the information. And be sure and get this. And you go away and you think, Well, that prescription is going to cost so much money. And besides, I'm getting a little better, you know. Or I'll get over this without that. Well, it won't do you any good, will it? If he's given you the, the right medicine and you do not take it, well, whose fault is it you don't get well? Not his. And so God has instructions for us, and we need to be wise and do what uh, it tells us to do. James says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Believe in Jesus to life eternal. Make, it'll make you wise into salvation. And never run the risk with your eternal soul. People play around with, the, with eternity. You know, I don't want to do that because... I, you know, we, we're here today, but we, we have no promise of tomorrow. If there's ever an individual that ought to be concerned about himself, it's the fellow that hears the word of God and knows he's lost and needs to be saved. I, I know that we're here tonight and all of us are believers and trust Jesus. But these are messages that, that we should press on as we go out, the message of the gospel. Here to believe the gospel and obey the gospel and build upon that rock, which is Christ Jesus. The last of these precepts is walk or guide thine heart in the way. Walk in the way of God. The third one. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart. Guide thine heart in the way. That's an important precept. There's but one way of salvation. And by the way, there's, there are not two gods, and there are not two Christs. There are not two gospels. There are not two heavens. There are not two ways, but the one. Jesus said, I am the way, right? The truth and the life. No man cometh in the Father but by me. And you have a lot of folks pointing you to heavenward that do not point you to the way to get to heaven. If there's only one, you know, people use this idea. Well, you know, there's a lot of ways you can get from one town to another. Well, there may be some side roads you can go here and there. That's talking about traveling this earth. But when you're talking about going to heaven, Jesus said, I'm the way and no man cometh on what? Under the Father but by me. So he narrows it down. You say, well, uh, that's very narrow-minded. It's just as narrow as God's Word. And the Bible teaches that, and you and I should stand for it. That way is often described in Scriptures, the way of God. We talk about the way of the Lord. Let's, let's get some information on these thoughts. Jeremiah 5, verse 4 says this, listen. says, Therefore I said, Surely these are poor, they are foolish, but they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. There were people that know not the way of the Lord. And then chapter 6, I believe it is. Let's see, Jeremiah chapter 6. I have another one. In verse 16 it is. Look, it says, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the ways, and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. You know, you had a rebellious people then, just as you have now. But 
He said, find this way, this is the way, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths when is the good way. What about the old paths? It bids us that we ask for these old paths. We wonder sometimes were all of the old-fashioned believers all wrong through the ages. We want the same faith that uh, our fathers had, the same faith that the apostles had, those that went before us. I just read in the periodical where two of our men, I got it from other sources too before that, from their own particular little bulletin. Dr. Bruce Cummins up in Maslin, Ohio. He's gone. He built that church there to thousands of people. Came out of the Bible Baptist Seminary when it was downtown Fort Worth, right before I graduated in 1957 when I graduated. He came out in about 52 or 3. Went up there and took his Bible and started visiting storefront building. And that church is huge. And they started a school too. And all that kinds of stuff. Well, he's passed on. Gone on to be with the Lord. And another one I saw this week has gone on. Uh, uh, Jim Winters, he came by and preached for us one night. A missionary to the Navajos, I think, in, uh, the Indians. Came by here one night and preached for us. But he's gone. And so we'll all fulfill our time. But we need to learn that all of the old timers, they, they had the right way. Well, should we think they're all wrong and not follow their example? Seek the old paths wherein is the good way. They should have been an example to us. I think of all the professors and dear preachers of the Word that I've known in time past. And what they preached is basically what you and I believe today and stand for. And if we stand in those, those old paths, we should seek that way and seek to follow that way in God's Word. So, guide thine heart in the way. It's described in the Scriptures, the way of faith. Not the way of works. The Bible says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Works are the product of our Christian life. Good works are the fruit. But faith is the root. It's the way of truth. Peter speaks of those that in some time, it says, The way of truth will be evil spoken of. In 2 Peter 2, verse 2. He speaks of a time that the way of truth is evil spoken of. Do you know that is today? And it has been. I've seen it in times past from the time we organized this church until this day that the way of truth is evil spoken of. We find that it's a way of holiness. It's the king's highway. Look at Isaiah 35, if you will. Isaiah 35, 8. God says, And a highway shall be there, and a way. And a highway shall be there, and a way. And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. Christ's kingdom in the future is going to be a way of ho- uh, the way of holiness. The Bible speaks in Romans 3.17 of some, and it says that the way of peace they have not known, the wicked, the heathen. God says, I will speak peace. In Psalm 85, look in Psalm chapter 85 and verse 8. Notice what he says here. It says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people. And to his saints. But then the last word says, But let them not turn again to folly. So his is the way of peace. The Bible says that he's made peace by the blood of his cross. And having made peace by the blood of his cross, to reconcile all things to himself. And you find that, I believe, in Colossians 1 verse 20. It's not only these ways that we've been trying to put forth, but it is the way 
that is a new and living way for us in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 10. Notice in verse 19, it says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having the high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Look at this. It's a new and living way. In the New Testament, that's the only time that the word new is used in this particular sense. And it means ever fresh. It's an ever fresh way. It's just as fresh way into the Holy of Holies as when Jesus died on the cross and the veil of the temple was written in the midst from the top to the bottom. And way of entrance into God's presence for all believers was made possible. Through Christ's death. It's a new and living way. The Bible speaks of it as a narrow way. In Matthew chapter 7, it says in verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Now it doesn't mean few in the sense that there will only be a few people in heaven. But it means in relationship to the numbers that are on the earth at any given time. So you find, and, and at other times, or through a history, you'll find that there are very few that will seek the truth and seek the right way. Though Jesus has made provision for all. And so, the, it's, a, it's a way, listen, it's a way of faith, it's a way of truth, it's a way of peace, it's a way, it's the old way, it's the way of holiness, it's a new and living way, it's a narrow way. And last of all, we need to put our whole heart into it, not half-hearted. We need to believe it with all of our heart. And that's why we need to be reassured from time to time about the truths of the gospel, because people forget. Peter says, I want to always put you in remembrance of the things that you've heard. And he says, though you know them. Someone said, well, preacher, I heard that before. I hope you did, and I hope you're hearing it again. And I hope you're here enough that you'll become so indoctrinated in it that you'll say, I believe that with all my heart because that's all I've ever known and all I've ever heard and it's God's Word. And take your stand upon it. And then when you do that, you'll be indoctrinated in it. Guide your heart in the way. Try to guide your heart into the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And if we'll realize that these three precepts that we've given you. He says, Son, what to do? Hear thou, my son. Hear. And be wise. Don't just hear with your ears. Hear with your heart. And learn from it. And then guide thine heart and guide thine heart in the way. Okay, we thank you for your patience and your kind attention. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed in prayer.